Happy Thursday, and thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. All right, now, big Arizona basketball news just broke. We're going to talk some Arizona football as well, but there's nobody that's better to talk about this than the great William Brad Alice. All right, Brad, Arizona IARP comes out. You get uh, you know a seven-week uh, recruiting uh, quiet period, essentially. You get a one reduction in the scholarship. Nothing really major came of this, my guy. And I'm in the minority. I think the biggest one to me is the vacated titles. Right. And again, people are like, well, you can't forget. But Arizona was within, what, eight wins of passing Indiana for 10th all time. Right. And now it'll be pretty tough to do. They were going to do that within the next year or two. For sure. Um, and now they probably won't be able to for quite a while unless Woodson's a train wreck. Um, but overall, and, and this it's interesting watching social media. This is a very nuanced story where most of the nuance has been lost. Because now everyone's like, Sean Miller, innocent. No. Right. Sean, basically, they pulled, and I don't want to compare the two people, but this was an Al Capone case. Right. They thought they were going to get Arizona basketball on paying players. Much like they thought they were going to get Al Capone on racketeering. Right. They got him on tax fraud. Or in this case, they got him on this weird bribery charge. Um, so I'm not going to go out and pretend that nothing ever bad happened to Arizona under Sean Miller's watch, but I could tell you with 99% certainty, Miller didn't know about book taking this money. Right. Because book hit it because book needed money and book was embarrassed that he needed money. And I, I have reasons I know this and I, I can't really share it. Um, just like I actually know that half of Phelps's problem, not all of it was someone at the university Drop the ball, submitting forms to the NCAA about the low. Now, was it hidden before? I don't. That I don't know. I don't have a timeline, but I know that either someone in compliance or someone in uh, the basketball front office did everything right to, to report it, and then forgot to report it. Um, you know, you can, you can minor detail, major detail. You know, so <laughs> I, I think in the end. I'm a little surprised Miller didn't get a bigger slap on the wrist, although you know, losing 50 wins is, is fairly significant. Um, but I also think that, especially Book, I think Book has really suffered more than he should. Um, right. Aren't we kind of going overboard here? I mean, the guy's essentially been tarred and feathered. He can't coach for 10 years. Not that he was going to, he spends time in federal prison. This to me seems like, you know, like, you know, kind of the hammer on a, on an ant type situation. At the end of the day, the FBI using a guy who's way more horrible than book or Dawkins or any of these other guys created a new playbook to entrap coaches because remember right. if you if you saw the Dawkins documentary Dawkins was like we don't want to bribe coaches we want to give this money to the players right no 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 we want to bribe the coaches so what did Dawkins and book and several of these other guys say I got this sucker on the hook right he's going to give you guys money you guys can deliver the players without giving them a dime then book is in his brain going I got two guys on the hook I'm going to introduce him to guys who already have agents and financial managers. Because if you notice, who did who did met with Dawkins? Lowry, whose right. dad was a pro player and has mm -hmm. basically had a handshake agreement with an agent since he was eight. Right. Um, Raleigh. Raleigh, who, again, already had representation. And uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. The other point guard. Uh, the, 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 uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. 
Kobe Simmons? Uh, no, the little guy. Um, oh, PJC? Yeah, PJC, who, again, because of his relationships in Southern California, pretty much knew who his agent was going to be. And this is how it's done in college basketball. You don't sign with an agent. You don't hopefully take money from an agent. Right. But you know. Notice who he steered him away from. DeAndre. Right. Uh, that's Sean's guy. Uh, yeah, that's, for sure. Why? Because DeAndre had so many voices in his ear, he could get suckered by Dawkins. Right. So in the end. That's a good point. That's a good point. And, and Yeah. We also, if you, and you've met Book. I've met Book. Mm-hmm. Our, the sites we used to work for dealt with Book. Book likes book, to talk. Book, book likes to talk. talk. And Book likes to make stuff up. Right. For sure. So if half of this stuff, I'm sure there might be a kernel of truth. Were, were shoe companies probably given, and again, I don't want to disparage DeAndre Ayton, were, were shoe companies throwing money around at DeAndre Ayton's people? And there were a lot of people, and not all of them were really DeAndre's people. Right. Let's put it that way. Uh, probably. Did Arizona ever hand over a bag of cash? Uh, no. Because most schools don't hand over the bag of cash. That's not how it works. The closest one I've ever heard of is Kansas, who has kind of their own Adidas guy. Whereas in most cases, and again, I don't want to defend it because it was still against the rules at the time. In most cases, Nike will distribute some funds to not go to an Adidas school. They don't care if you go to Duke or you go to Arizona or notice how many guys wind up at Nevada and UNLV. Right, right, exactly. It's just to keep them out. And, And again, Adidas doesn't want you going to Nike school. And, you know, now Puma doesn't want you going Puma. anywhere. They're just going to they're just gonna swoop in and get you right before the draft, which is <laughs> ironic because, you know, DeAndre Ayton and Marcus Bagley and right. are, are, are Puma guys and not right, for sure. Nike guys who did throw around, you know, we all know what, you know, happened with Bagley's dad in the house. So, again, I don't want to pretend that, you know, this thing that Sean Miller is innocent, I don't know. I, I have my own opinions on that. But the fact of the matter is the ESPN story, which I'm sure was leaked by a rival coach. I'm right. Was was false. Was false. Or right. or at least there's no evidence of it. Right. But you know, so Sean Miller and you know so in essence, if you're mad at Dickie V, and if that's perfectly fine, Dickie V could certainly just do this. It we I we jumped the gun on the story of Sean Miller paying DeAndre Ayton, and we're sorry I'm sorry for that. However, I still believe that his his um, you know his assistant coaches are being treated unfairly. They're mutually exclusive. Right. You can still feel that Sean deserves some penalties for booked and, and Phelps' actions. Um, but I guess not- my only th- I guess my only problem with this, and this goes across the board. This isn't just Arizona. I have a hard time though with the assistant coaches in all these cases getting these big penalties, getting in trouble, and the head coach is not really getting into any trouble because at some point. You're still the head coach. And again, I'm not just singling out Arizona here. I'm singling out all of these different ones, USC, Auburn, you name it, where at some point, where is, these are still the guys you brought in there. And when it's multiple guys, you know, I, I, again, it just feels to me, I'm happy this is, this is over in Arizona, got out pretty well, but it just feels to me like all the assistant coaches taking the brunt of the blame isn't quite fair. My two problems are this one all these are African-American assistant coaches. Right. And I believe almost every head coach is, is, is not a person of color. And again, right. uh, a lot of that is not racism. It's who's Dawkins going to go to his guys who happen to be black coaches. So, um, but the other prop, the biggest problem I have in this is it was entrapment, not legal entrapment, but again, 
it wasn't the FBI. You know, this would be like saying the FBI is looking into drug dealers, and they and and so the the you know the the informant or whatever says, yeah, here's the way you do it. We give them the drugs, they sell it. Well, hey, in this case, let's give them cash so they can go buy drugs. So right. they can go. So it, they created a new crime because right. no one was bribing coaches to steer players to them. Um, they were delivering players to schools to steer play. You know, there was so they created a whole new model. And at the end of the day, because the FBI acted when they acted, and and you guys hit the nail on the head yesterday with it being a political move. No players were steered to Dawkins. Right. They arrested too early. Right. So in essence, it's a victimless crime. It's, it's the for epitome the of a, it's a, the epitome of a victimless crime. And I know they can say, well, these were employees of a school that received. That's all nonsense. That was a, that's a way of looping. Nobody believes that. That's a way that, of looping again, yourself in there to create a crime. That's yeah. Al Capone not ta- not paying taxes on um, liquor, illegal liquor sales in 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 the twenties that you can't prove he did. Right. Again, so in essence, once you realized you couldn't get the big fish, you know, I mean, and again, then people are like, well, I think they just let Miller go and they just let, you know, this guy. No, no, because they needed those. They needed those convictions to make the case to get the headlines right. and they never came. It fizzled. Never- but so All at right. the end of the day, you ruined Book Richardson's life. And you can argue that, you know, he did. Uh, yeah, he took the money. But again, he didn't steer the kids in reality. Right. Um. You know, several other guys are either out of coaching or now coaching at really small schools. You know, Phelps is coaching high school. Well, now he's not in this particular one. And all because you want to make a name for yourself with crimes that would not have occurred, occurred if you didn't set this up. This isn't like, uh, well, we're going to do a sting operation on a drug dealer and feed him some drugs and then catch him when he sold it. No, this would be like saying, hey, Mike Luke, you've never dealt drugs in your life. Uh, right. But you, you know, you, you, let's you create a C- drug you, for you. You, you know what? You've 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 advertised a CBD product, so let's set you up to become a drug dealer to get you off the street that you weren't hurting in the first place. For sure. You, know, um, you don't uh, know that the feds aren't after me. You don't, we don't. We you don't, don't know. But uh, let's hope if they do, they don't create a new crime for you to commit. Back back the A too hard. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. So so that's my take on it. That you know, I don't want anyone to pretend that I'm saying Sean Miller is 100% squeaky clean, but he's pretty much squeaky clean on the charges that they, he was brought up. That he was brought up the, on. I think the probably the most guilty person of all was probably Robinson Eakey, who didn't end up getting any any of the penalties just because this all happened under their watch. If I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app during this time, code word PHNX? Fortunately, yes. Okay, here's the deal. You can put down $5 on an NBA game, money line, and get $200 in free plays. Now, don't take my word for what I was doing here because, again, the Suns are now uh, playing terrible basketball. I think that I single-handedly caused that right there. So here's another – Mike, they lost the Rockets twice. Right, and they got blown out. So don't listen to me, but – Still, check it out, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. 21 and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Brad, we'll be on the post game in a couple days, but let me ask you this. Can I get you on record to take Arizona against Tennessee for your DraftKings pick of the week? I I, I like that one, yeah. All right, well, that's I, – I, I do as spread? well. Well, what's the spread? I mean, come on, you got to give me – that I don't know yet. I don't even know that it's out yet. But if it's four and a half or under, take the you know take the cats. If it's in the seven or eight range, 
I'm just taking money line. Late, oh, money line, yeah, take the cats. And then also, OGs, new partners with us. Love having OGs on board. Check them out at any of your dis local dispensaries, 21 and up. They got stuff to help you sleep. They got stuff to help you feel cool. Uh, sativas, indicas, you name it. They've got great flavors across the board right there. Um, again, it's sweeping the nation. Check out your local dispensary. 21 and up, though, remember. All right. So, Brad, we got Arizona basketball coming up against Tennessee. And, um, to me, this is the game of the season for Arizona in that this I believe Tennessee is the best team that Arizona will play all season. I also believe it's the team that poses the most problems on paper for Arizona and that they're physical. They get up on you. You saw what happened last year with the pressure defense, and Arizona didn't handle it well, at least at the beginning. Um, this game's going to really tell me how far Arizona's come just from a ball-handling, breaking pressure perspective. I think no doubt. And I think this is the game where we start to see really why Corey Ramey uh, pays such dividends. Right. Because although they had, again, you know, we've mentioned uh, Kyer last year, but Ramey is a, a, a rich man's Justin right. Kyer. Right, right. Um, he's big, he's strong, he's physical enough. He's faced teams like this in the, in the Big 12. Um, I would not be shocked if he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as Kerr uh, does bringing it up, especially if, again, they do put the pressure on. Um, I think this might be the game we see a lot less of Boswell, at least early on. Um, even though physically he's built for this kind of game. I mean, he's a big, strong kid. But this is a whole – this is yeah, this is grown men. Right. Uh, you know, much like Houston last year, much like a few of those other tough games, TCU – um, so, yeah, this will be a challenge for Arizona. Now, Arizona has some things that are a huge matchup advantage. Uh, their size and side could really pose problems for Tennessee. Um, if Arizona can get out on the break, that is not what Tennessee wants to do. Uh, Tennessee also is dealing with some injury issues. I haven't heard an update whether those guys, how healthy they are. So I think it's a fascinating, you know, it's the cliche that that styles make matches or styles make fights and I think this is a definite one of those right. uh, type of games where it's kind of whoever dictates their will better is going to win this basketball game. Yeah, it's going to help, obviously, being in McHale, um, you know, in, in a spot like this. But again, if Arizona could win this game, and it, it, it's weird, though, every time we talk about a big Arizona win, then the teams go off and they play terrible after that. I still believe at the end of the day that Creighton's a good basketball team. I believe that they're going to be okay. They're still missing their best player. SDSU, who knows? Indiana's solid, but I still think they're kind of an overrated Big Ten team. By the way, did you see Maryland get waxed last night? I uh, I noticed the, the score. I didn't watch the game itself, but yeah, that was... Uh, More nonsense Big Ten, but we'll leave that for another... We'll leave that for another day. Tennessee, though, is another one, though. If you could win this, so you would have out-of-conference wins against Tennessee, which is a top-10 team. Indiana, which feels more like a top-20 team, but whatever. Uh, Creighton, I still believe they'll be top 25-30 at the end of the year. That's a pretty good out-of-conference schedule right there, William. Yeah, I mean, you, you throw in San Diego State, you throw... And again, Cincinnati is probably not a tournament team. Right. Um, but they're not but bad. They're still, they're still a name. Um, right. who will be a top 60 type win is my right. guess. Um, you know, maybe not, I don't know, but you know, they're, they're again, it's, it's better than having to play Shamanad in the first round of the Maui classic. Right. Um, and then yet you've got to hope, you know, as in a weird enough way that ASU can hold up their end of the bargain. 
that uh, by the way i gotta i I don't want to apologize but i do have to say uh, to our uh, my guy kyle dodd asu doesn't stink at all they're actually pretty good it's unfortunate to say this isn't going to be one of those years where they lose like 10 straight games i don't think i'd love for it to be that but i don't think that's the case here it's just a bizarre program it really is isn't it the the drama with bagley and then you're better when he's gone and it sometimes seems like it seems like when Hurley has a firm grasp on his roster, they're worse than when he's just kind of throwing pieces together. Right. Um, for sure. It's it's just, yeah, it's just a weird, it's just it's a kind weird of a schizophrenic program. program. It's a schizophrenic team, but you look at it, they're long, they're pretty athletic. They play really, really hard for him. Um, and you know, it, it Bagley is an interesting case because he's addition by subtraction. They've been significantly better without him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's just, it's weird, and I've never really necessarily believed that Bobby Hurley's a, a bad coach. I also don't think he's – I think he's not an eye-for-detail coach, right. um, which is what made Lute Olson and some of those guys so good. And that's why his teams can slip into these bizarre – whether it's a 10-minute stretch in a game or a 10-game stretch in the season where they just fall apart because um, right. they will always play hard. Well, a lot of times they're playing really hard and really stupid at the same time. <laughs> yes. We'll see. Yes. You know, I, I can't tell you they're going to continue and, and go, you know, 14 and four in the conference or even, you know, 10 and eight or whatever it is. Or was it 10 and 10 now? But, um, you know, they're certainly legit right now. And that win over Creighton was good. And they've had a couple other good non-conference wins. And uh, that's good because the Pac-12 needs it because they have some really significantly bad losses. All right, Brad, you're not a uh, – Schuster doesn't like this stuff. I like this stuff, though. And we talked about it a little bit in the post game. But I want to ask you about this again. Um, I've always felt my uh, my uh, pillar, I guess, when I look at Arizona big men, is the Lauren Woods Michael Wright combination. Um, not again, AC Tolbert, totally respect that. Rooks Williams, get it. I just thought that Lauren Woods and Michael Wright complemented each other so well because you had Woods to me is the best interior defender in school history when healthy. And Wright came in as an all-conference guy and left as an all-conference guy. Granted, he didn't get a lot better, but he was 15-8 and eight every single game. What we're watching right now, Brad, is a, a big-man duo that is putting up numbers that statistically have not come close to at Arizona. This And, and here's why they're different than, than Woods and Wright. And maybe any other big-man group is... Woods and Wright were one of the few that were a legit big-time center and big-time power forward. Right. Um, Tolbert and Cook were two power forwards. Right. Um, you could argue in some Both system, undersized at that, yeah. Both undersized. Um, you know, the, one of the other great front lines was, because it included all three, was Fry, um, Ricky Anderson, who was... I knew you would small, get a Ricky Anderson reference in there. I knew it. Forward, and Luke Walton, who was kind of a power forward at the three. So they right. really complement. And in reality, had we known what we know now, Channing Fry was really the the, the, the closest thing to a wing of that group. Right. Um, he just never took threes. This is, again, I think the closest comparison is Rooks and Williams along with Stoke. This is two legit centers, basically. Right. Um, you know, Tabellas plays center for 90% of teams in the in, in, thing now he's a natural power forward but this is 6 10 6 11 and 7 1 right. um they're bigger than almost everyone stronger than almost everyone and 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 this is maybe the part with balo that we're a little surprised about 
more skilled. Right. Um, you know, as, as good as Rooks was, and Rooks was, what, a three-year, four-year starter? Mm-hmm. Uh, Played 13 years in the league, yeah. And, like, 16 years of pro ball. Yeah. He wasn't overly skilled except as a – he was a great rebounder, and he had really soft hands. So when you got into the ball down low, he's a down-low post scorer. But he didn't run the floor necessarily. He wasn't going to take a, a 12-foot jumper. Uh, not that Balo has a lot of that, but Balo can run the floor at 7'1", 260. Right. Um, he's not a gazelle, but, you know, he, he's one of the – he's a buffalo running out there. He's a buffalo know. running it, right, for uh, sure. But he runs, you know. Right. Uh, you know, Williams was was unique, but, you know, Williams was 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and then Stokes was a complimentary big man who ended up starting for a year. But, yeah, these two – and I think you could even make the argument last year with Coloco and with the three of those guys. Right. Uh, that they just yeah, were a special group because they were all legit. You didn't have to rely on a six seven power forward. You right. didn't have to rely on you know a Rayos or a, a Wayne Womack type or a Bennett Davidson type. Um, you know, it's again Wright wasn't huge, but Wright was a legit six eight. Right. He was six eight two fifty. Right. With soft hands, great footwork, could bench press a truck. Oh yeah, and had the soft touch on it. And I've I saw him knocking down threes one day in practice. Right. Um, and that was that's the main reason he didn't come back is Luke was gonna play him at center and he wanted a chance to roam the perimeter and he wasn't gonna help his stock. That's right. one reason. You, you know, don't think also, that Michael Wright could have played small forward? <laughs> no, but I think he could have played a Ricky Anderson role. Right. By the way, real quick, is I've always felt the best recruiting class in school history is the one where you brought in Lauren Woods, Michael Wright, RJ, um, Ruben Douglas, Luke Walton, Ricky Anderson, and yes. Travis Travis Wilson, um, yes. obviously. Um, the one thing, this, I don't believe that the one with Ben Matherin, uh, Ajulis Tabellis, Kurt Kreese, and Dalen Terry will eclipse that, but I think it's probably going to be second. It might. It might. Right. Um you know, the, 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 there's two that, and if you want to go onto Jason's site, you can still, because Jason, my stories are still there. Right. I did a thing called Lutz Recruits. Right. Um, they're out there. And I, I, I basically break down, you know, I think it was most of Lutz Recruits. The, 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 there was the couple that weren't. Uh, one was, ironically enough, the 97 class, where they didn't get Steven Jackson. Right. But they still got yeah. Bibby and Wessel and Edger and, uh, you know, Edgerin, and, and, De- Bennett, Bennett Davidson, Bennett Davidson. Um, the other one, there's two other ones. There's the, 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 the late loop class where they lost Negadu and they lost. Right. Brand, Brandon Jennings guys. was in there. Jeff with Yeah. And then there's the lost Miller class. Cause there was a good chance they were going to get, uh, Quinterly, Simi Shaitu. Bull, bull. Right. I mean, uh, uh, some of those RJ guys. Barrett was in the discussion. Yeah. So um, the lost classes, you know, but that, yeah, that's Luke's best class. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, so let's uh, let's move on to a little bit of the Arizona football here. But first, I want to tell you about Mountain Mike's Pizza up at uh, Oracle and Wetmore. Brad has been on here drinking soda from Mountain Mike's Pizza. I've seen it. So is John Schuster, by the way. I uh, no, I was eating the pizza off. Oh, camera. you're eating the pizza. Either oh, yeah. way, you were consuming yes. the Mountain Mike's product. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, check it out. Really good pizza. Um, they bring it to the tap and bottle watch parties. Really good stuff. Um, again, interest, uh, very interesting pepperonis. Um, I like them quite a bit. I generally don't even like pepperonis. So again, check little, it out. They're Mountain a little Mike. spicy. They're good. A little spicy, little kick to it for sure, yeah. but they're good. And then tap and bottle. Scott and Rebecca, as you know, do an amazing job uh, at top and, top and bottle, tap and bottle. And uh, that's where the away game watch parties are. We've got a new schedule. It's going to be released here coming up shortly. Holidays and everything have kind of, you know, messed things up a little bit. But we'd love to see you up there. It's going to be for a bunch of basketball away games, men's and women's. So we'll have that schedule out there shortly. You can also get four peaks up there as well, the four peaks. So check it out. Tap and bottle, uh, tap and bottle downtown watch parties. All right. Brad, you know both those things have in common. Huh? Really good TV setups. Very good TV setups for that sure. Mike's yes. is amazing. What's that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. All right, Brad, this is a big recruiting weekend for Arizona football and Arizona basketball. First, you know, as I'm sure you've seen the news that Justin Flo and Jonathan Flo are going to be uh, visiting Arizona. Justin Flo, just to rehash, five-star, ultra five-star linebacker, was considered by some the best prospect in the entire country. Up and down in Oregon, dealt with some injuries. Um, he's going to be visiting here along with his brother, who was a four-star recruit. These are the kind of kids that you bring in, and um, they would be they would be an upgrade. Again, I get that Flo wasn't a star at Oregon, but it's and I like Jerry Roberts. I think he's really kind of a good swing linebacker, but I think Flo gives you some more flexibility right there. Yeah, and I'm at the point now. It's, it's so bizarre. The staff is bizarre because in some ways I'm like, did they not coach up Keon Bars enough? But then you look at what they did with Hunter Eccles, right? Who is who is wasn't as good as Flo was at Oregon. Right. But similar, very athletic, very, you know. Um, so it's it's kind of a weird thing where I'm like, okay. But, yeah, you know, I, I'm willing to take chances on former five stars. Right. Um, former f high four stars. Because uh, at the very least, you're bringing in uber-athletic guys who can who can push your scout team to, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, and then you throw in, I know they got a JC guy coming in. Uh, JCD lineman coming in this weekend that I just saw on Twitter a little while ago. I think there's a couple other guys coming in. Um, these are important gets because we're now at the point where Arizona has lost a lot. Right. Um, you know, obviously bars is a loss. Now, do I think they're trying to recruit over him? Yes. And I'll be really surprised if he gets more than 25 snaps a game at USC. Yeah, I, that I being said, everyone is recruiting him. Right. But I will say this, I would be surprised just because a guy ends up somewhere, they could also just be there as a depth guy. Like you see people talking about, oh, Paris Shan might get an LSU offer. With all due respect to Paris Shan, he's never playing at LSU. You know, again, maybe he's in a kind of a backup rotation. Keon Bars is interesting because he was really good last year, didn't do much this past year. But again, I would be, I'm in the same boat as you. I'll be interested to see what he does there with extended time, uh, because I don't see him playing extended time at SC. No, uh, you know, but again, everyone recruited him, um, right. you know, and then when you throw in, you know, there's a lot of guys who buy in of themselves are not big losses. Anthony Simpson. Right. But when you combine Anthony Simpson with Dorian Singer, uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, you know, can they replace Roland Wallace? Yeah. Um, would you rather have Roland Wallace in your rotation? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Jackson Turner by himself. Eh, I think they're recruiting over him. Would you really like him as a backup safety? For yeah. sure. 
especially um, when you saw some of the problems that you had at safety. And again, he was he wasn't great by any means, but he was better than C. He was better than CY. So yeah, so I think you you now have to replace. I think a little bit more than they thought they would. I right. get why those guys are leaving, um, especially uh, you know the guys who are kind of being recruited over. Um, you know the singer thing. I think he just wanted to be recruited. Um, right. You know, I think, and maybe he has a chance to win a national title. Um, you know, I think Simpson burns some bridges. It sounded like with some of his tweets, but again, I really like Simpson. I wish he was still here. Right. Um, that being said, they still haven't lost anyone they can't replace, but they have to replace about right. five or six guys now that they, I think, didn't count on the guys at the bottom. The guys are like, oh, I didn't even know that guy was still on the team. Those like Colby can, Page, whatever. Yeah, uh, some of these other linemen. Right. Yeah, but Whatever. but losing that many of, you know, what they lose, 3D linemen? Um, yeah. Well, now you probably got to pick up 3D linemen. Uh, you just right. hope they're better in the totality uh, than the other group. Okay. Now, um, before all right, before we sign off, then Carter Bryant and Jamari Phillips are going to be on campus here this, uh, this uh, Saturday for Arizona basketball. A lot of people concerned about Tommy Lloyd's domestic recruiting. Um, are you, is this something, cause there have been misses, no doubt. Um, are you, uh, is this anything that you're concerned about or no? I think my concern is that Arizona just seems like a no brainer place to play with the right. way they play. And the fact they don't have more guys. And again, I don't know if some of that is, you know, I don't know, you know, they offer like three or four point guards, but I don't know if they're maybe holding off one because they're waiting for, you know, maybe there are three guys waiting to to commit. You know, I don't right. know. Um, but yeah, I think with the fact that you're coming off, and I think it'll be interesting now. Now the specter of the IARP is gone. Right. Now you've proven in year two you can still do it. Right. Um, now you're proving that you really can coach up kids. Um, look at again, look at Bala. Look at even just how much slightly better to Bellis is. Right. Yeah, I thought you were crazy when you said, I think he can get to 18. I'm like, well, statistically, players don't do that. They get to yeah. about two or three points. No, he's at 20. <laughs> right, for sure. He's up. He's beyond that. Yeah, and I was thinking like 16 and a half. But um, so now I think, yeah, now if they can't start landing kids domestically, you might wonder. And I, I, know, I don't think it's easy because, you know, you're mixing in with a group – you know, I know some schools have even have trouble when they have kids, inner city kids trying to mix with, you know, former pros kids who have money. But now you've got this whole new demographic where you're mixing, you know, three kind of cultures. You know, the 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 inner city kids with the 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 the, the more well off domestic kids, and now you bring in a whole bunch of European dudes right. who who barely speak English. So I can understand why maybe the chemistry could be a little off. Um, but that being said, you've got to figure it out because there's no reason they shouldn't have a line of kids waiting to play this up-tempo style with a staff that can Well, that's what I don't get. That's what I don't get. I mean, let, let's go to – let's use Cody Williams, for example. Um, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, you know, I've been following you doing this for a long time. I can't remember a kid that was a native-born Phoenician that Arizona prioritized as a junior or earlier that – spurned Arizona and went to a school like Colorado. No, I mean, there were kids Arizona kind of played games with. Right. Your hairy uh, asses, guys like that. 
I don't, you know, uh, not hairy ass. I'm not just saying people with hairy asses. Lord Lawrence Hill, mm-hmm. uh, who Arizona I don't think ever offered. Um, you know, a guy like was it Royce Woolridge? Right. Who I don't think Arizona ever offered. Um, you know, the closest one I can ever remember, and he wasn't from Phoenix, was Vegas Davis. Right. Who was from Tennessee Lake Havasu. Went to go play for KO. Went to go play for KO at, at Tennessee and spurned Arizona. He was the first, and he was really one of the only to spurn Lute Olsen in state. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a unique, but again, Williams whole recruitment was weird. Right. And in many ways he was trying to follow his brother's footsteps, which is, Oh, I can get to the league playing at Santa Clara. Right. And I don't think for what, I think he wants to be the big dog in the small pond is what it really came down to. So I don't necessarily, but yeah, there are a few other misses. And again, you know, when you're dealing with Oregon and NIL money and the Mookie cook stuff, I, I, okay. Um, but you know, yes, this I think this with with uh, Carter Bryant, with a few of these other guys that, that they're in on. Um, we have to. But what I really want to see more of, frankly, is I want to see a bunch of four star kids. Mm-hmm. I I don't get those, need a, fr- get those fringe top 50 kids right there, because Tommy Lloyd's already shown and Luke made an empire off of this. I mean, yeah. with the way that the, the skill development is, I'm totally with you on that one right there. That or give me flawed four star. You know that's why I like Boswell because I don't know if Boswell can go pro after next right. year. Um, right. He doesn't strike me. I could be wrong. He doesn't strike me as an NBA player. Could be totally just, wrong though. He doesn't have the build. He's like this weird. He looks like a. He looks like a safety. Right. Um, he does. And again, I hope so. But because I, you know, I didn't think Dallin Terry was a, a two and done guy either. Right. Um, but that. But he had a build. He had a build though. Oh, like, he was made. Yeah, he looked he was like made that. to play basketball. He said sure. that his freshman year. If that can knock down the three, he's a three and D guy at the next level. Right. For sure. I just thought it was two years away. Right. Uh, but that's what I want to love. Now that being said, I want Carter Bryant. Absolutely, kid is great. You know, just like I, I'll take KJ Lewis if he's a one and done. But I want one one and done per year. Yeah, I don't want I don't want five and then find out that five of three of more overrated. Um, because again, that happened to Miller a lot. I mean, everyone bags on Miller for the one and done, but Alonzo Trier was a three-year guy. Was a three-year um, exactly. Who who were some, you know, a few other other guys were were three-year guys who were supposed to be one and done. Um, and then you had a bunch of guys who should have been three-year guys who were one and done. Who were one and done as well, right? Exactly. Um, you know, or two and done with Derek Williams, who you'll take two years of Derek Williams every time. So yeah, so but this I do think Lloyd has something to prove. I'm not worried about it yet, but I'd like to see more. Okay. All right, let's see here. All right, real quick, um, before we sign off here, um, let me tell you about something that's pretty cool, Brad. You might want to check this one out as well. It's called Octane Raceway and Mavericks. All right, here's the deal. Um, they've got 22 bowling lanes, 85 arcade games, a state-of-the-art laser tag arena, billiards tables, dozens of 4K televisions, 1,500 square feet of meetings, uh, craft beers, custom cocktails, daily specials. And we're excited to welcome uh, Octane Raceway and Mavericks to the PHNX family. You've uh, seen the fun our crew has had. Check it out for yourself. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Where's it located? It is located in Phoenix. Well, I, so. I knew that. I'm right. just, I, I have to go up for some Christmas time fun. Uh, I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews up there. I'm thinking Octane. Uh, let's see. It is Octane. Uh, I can look it up. I got Google. I just thought uh, maybe you had it in front of you. I can, I can actually. I can give you the. Uh, it's uh, It's by Talking Stick Way. Go car. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Check it out. That, that, may, that, that may be on the Christmas plans. 
All right, Brad, as always, really appreciate you, my guy, hopping in here, and uh, we will talk with you Saturday. Sounds good, yeah. I'm 99% sure I'm here on Saturday. I got some in-laws in town. Just let me know. Either way. Okay. I got you. All right, appreciate you, Brad. For William, Brad, Alice, I'm Mike Luke. Oh, by the way, Brad, when's your podcast coming out? People are asking. I'm hoping to get it recorded today. I want to do actually two. I want to do a football one and uh, uh, an IRAP thing uh, review. So I'm hoping to get a couple out this week. But, again, it's Christmas time. It's Work is crazy. For Brad, Alice, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.